Sylvester and Peck on Sports is brought to you by Advanced Care Physical Therapy with five locations, including Harbor Center and the Dent Tower. Well, hi, everybody. It's been a little while since we brought you a Sylvester and Peck on Sports podcast, but we're happy to be back after a little summer break there. I'm sure you spent it golfing, Mr. Sylvester. Wait, summer break, Paul? <laughs> well, late spring where, break. Wait, where the hell Early spring? fall. Where the hell spall? Yeah, I know. This has been ridiculous. You know, Listen, I, my, I, I love shorts and pullover weather, I, but this has been too damn much. Yeah, okay. And yeah, as a yeah. as a pool owner here in Western New York, what the hell? Yeah. I Why not even open it this year? I got uh, it. So it's been a couple weeks since we've touched on some issues that are important to Western New York sports fans. So we're going to catch up a little bit today. Uh, primary topic will be Jeff Skinner's contract uh, that signed late on Friday. A little bit of uh, rolling that into Ryan O'Reilly and what's going on in the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, you know we didn't get a chance to talk too much about it. I don't want to go too deep into it, but maybe some quick thoughts on what went on with Roger. Goodell and the Bills in the stadium, and then I got a little college basketball thing that we can talk that, about. So we're going to cover a bunch of ground. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> you know we're playing catch up here. So all right. all right, so you know we've spent a lot of time talking about the Jeff Skinner contract, and and before we talk about reacting to what it, it being done, I thought I thought it was misguided in in leading up to it because a lot of Sabres fans and a lot of people had gotten to the point where like just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. They can't afford to lose him. Just give him whatever he wants. It'll look bad if they lose him. And I'm like, no, you you can never do that. Now, maybe they did do that, but I don't think good franchises ever pay guys whatever they want because they're worried about losing them or worried about how the fans are going to react. I think that's the wrong approach, and there's a lot about this Skinner contract that I don't like tied to that. Repeat the sentence you just said, the start of that sentence. What, about good franchises? Well, I'm just saying, like, like yeah, I mean, look at, and I say this, look, they haven't been winners, okay? They have owners who are willing to spend money, clearly. Which never equates to winning. Correct. It does not. It doesn't, and it has not, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I don't get why people just think you have to throw a lot of money at everybody. Well... Uh, it, it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, maybe in other sports it does, but it doesn't work that way in the National Hockey League, and Buffalo is a case in point. And tanking doesn't always work. Look at Edmonton and Buffalo. Right. It hasn't, hasn't worked for smart either franchise. Smart management, smart player decisions work. None of these extremes on either end. Right, yeah. The, the extreme movement of players hasn't worked uh, for this team. I mean, they have tried everything. And they did make it. So, listen, let's give Jason Bottrell credit for making the move to get Skinner, right? Uh, Evander Kane uh, wasn't going to sign here. They traded him to San Jose. Uh, They got something for him. They needed to replace that scoring on the top line. They did. Uh, He made the O'Reilly move. We'll talk about that in a second. So, you bring Skinner in, and it's just an automatic dynamic fit. The guy's a goal scorer. Period. One of the best in the NHL, five on five. Correct. Right, he's a goal, and, and to me, that's a little bit, and, and this will sound funny, that's a little bit of my issue, is that he's a goal, he's just a goal scorer. Yeah, but you can't win if you don't I score. I know, okay? I know, but to pay $9 million a year to a guy who's one-dimensional just rubs me a little the wrong way. Well, okay, the... I'm okay with paying a guy if he's a goaltender. Does it make him a one-dimensional player? So, therefore, I throw that out, okay? Um, I just look at, can Jeff Skinner score without Jack Eichel? So, let me look at it that way. Can he create his own goals? No. No. He needs a setup man. 
Yeah. All right. So to me, that makes him worth less on the open market. And the fact that he signed before hitting the open market tells me his agent knew he was worth less than what he got in Buffalo. Yes. And frankly, to sign him now, see, this is why I'm st- I am stunned this deal got done on the Skinner end, not on the Sabres end. I always felt the Sabres were going to pay him because they had no choice. They had no choice. Zero choice in this. They couldn't let him go after another terrible season. And when you're trying to renew tickets on an increase, let's Which talk about the, the business part. wrong reasons but, for this. But that, but listen, they just couldn't do that. And if you can't keep a, a winger for Jack Eichel, how miserable is he going to be? Like, wait a second. Yeah. I, I, I got a guy that I feel like we have success with, and he's gone. Yeah. Um, so, you know. You have, to invest, you have to invest in your assets. In this case, it's, it's almost an investment in Jack Eichel, isn't it? Almost. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, right. it is. Because your point is you got to keep Eichel happy and give him the opportunity to do what he does, and that's kind of what Skinner is there for. And historically speaking, attracting free agents. I'm sorry, Buffalo. You're going to hate to hear this. But attracting free agents to play in Buffalo is extremely difficult to do. I'm talking about... Particularly when the team's bad. I'm talking right? about good free agents, yeah. okay? I'm talking about top-end free agents. It's very difficult to do. You have to overpay them to come to Buffalo. So why not overpay one you already know, Got one who's already right. here? So they had no choice. And did they overpay him by a million? Probably. Probably a little more than that, Maybe a million and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. Right. Now, a couple interesting things about the contract itself, and, and you and I have learned a lot how to look at these things through our buddy Mike Gennetti and SpotTrack.com, and this is where this info comes from. Eight years, $72 million, average of $9 million a year. Okay, that's great. Um, Mike has always taught us to look at, not, not fixate so much on the salary number, but look at the percentage of the cap. We talk about that with quarterbacks all the time. It's you know goal scorers, top end players are going to occupy a percentage of your cap. So he's at about fourteen and a half percent of your cap. That's that's not crazy. Cap's going to keep going up. That number is going to stay steady or drop from there. And then the other interesting thing is of the seventy two million the Sabers are going to pay him. 60 of it comes in the first five years, six years of the contract. He only has base salaries of seven and five in those final two years when he's not likely going to be the same player at, in his mid to late 30s as he is now. So that tells you there's there might be able to get out of that deal and it won't be a crippler by then because that's what I'm worried about. He's He's going to be 30 years old. You're paying for him to average somewhere between around 35 goals a year for most of this contract. Well, yeah, no, you, you had to pay him. You had to pay him the max, right? Yeah, yeah. Again, the 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 eight years, you had to pay him the money. Um, yeah, it, it, this is not a contract for the back end. Uh, none of them are anymore, frankly. Well, maybe Eichel's. Eichel's is st- Eichel's still going to be. Uh, an excellent player because he's think. so much younger. Because he's so much younger uh, on yes. the back Skinner's end of the contract. Skinner's twenty-seven, by the way. Right. So, but uh, with fitness now and everything, um, you know, I, I think he'll still be an effective player. Goal scorers are goal scorers, Paul. It's a, it's about hands and, and vision. They're they're still goal scorers. And with the advances in sports medicine and so on and so forth, I, I guess I'm not as concerned about that. I'm not as concerned about it as a forward as I am for a defenseman. Um. You know, as far as goal scores concerned, power play and, and those sort of things. But again, listen, Buffalo had no leverage; they had zero here. Like any anybody out there, when you come to the negotiation, whether you're negotiating an employment contract, when you're negotiating a car, uh, it's about leverage. 
Frankly, when you're buying a car, you have more leverage than you think. Right. But anyhow, it's about leverage. Skinner had all of the leverage here, and that's why it's an average of nine million bucks. Yeah, and here's the, here's my last point on this. And everything that we talked about, everything that you laid out, makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, they had to sign him. There there is a consideration of the fan base and the lack of success and keeping Eichel happy. But here's the thing that just sort of just doesn't sit right with me. He's now tied for the 16th highest salary in the NHL, right? There's no way that I can anyone can justify to me that Jeff Skinner is a top 20 NHL player. He just doesn't do enough other things. Sure. And well. I get it. Goals are important. You need them. Blah, blah, blah. If I'm paying a top 20 player in the NHL, he needs to do a lot of what those other 19 guys are doing. He needs to be incredibly dynamic like a Patrick Kane, uh, incredibly dynamic as a leader and a do-everything as a Jonathan Taves, um, or a Drew Doughty, or a Tavares, or Eichel, for that matter, well, who's tied for eight. All right, well, but take away the centerman in the conversation. Take away the top defenseman in the conversation because those are, to me, y you can't compare Skinner, I don't care what the money is, to those players. Okay. Okay? But let's look at wingers, all right? On the wing... Does he fit in the top twenty wingers in the National Hockey League? Well, let me see. And he, let me see and, if Spot Track can. Uh, I think he does, sort Paul. That for well, me. listen. When you think of top wingers right now in the NHL, uh, well, he's a left wing or a right wing? Uh, left wing. All right. When you think of wingers, right? Um, there's the guy in Washington, right? Won a cup. I mean, Ovechkin. He's the third highest paid left winger now, behind Ovechkin and Jamie Benn. Ahead of Parisi, Pacioretty, Van Riemsdyk, Kane, Goudreau, Kovalchuk, Marlow, Marchand, Zetterberg. I don't want to go too deep on yeah, that. Yeah, well, well, uh, well so go, go again. Top paid left wingers again. Top paid left wingers, according to Spot Track, Ovechkin yes. at 9.5 million, yes. Jamie Benn at 9.5, sure. Skinner at 9. Zach Parisi at 7.5, Pacioretty at 7, Van Riemsdyk and Evander Kane at 7, yeah. Johnny Goudreau, who I think is a lot of comparables to Skinner. I think Goudreau's better, but there's a little bit of comparable there at 6.75. Ilya Kovalchuk, who's who's beyond his prime. Marlowe at 6.2. Yeah. Marshand, um, who's going to get a pay raise. He's a yes. much better player. Much by, better by, player. Yeah, I, I would, you know, I'd take Marshand. Right. Over oh, Skinner. Absolutely. People are like, oh, my God, are you in, nuts? In a like, millisecond. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th there's so much more that comes with him. Um, he's a rat. And that's my point. He, but, I want I know what more your point. that comes with him. But, so, again, those two contracts, right? 9.5, 9.5, right? And 9, and then 7.5. Right. Um, that's, yeah, that's right around If I throw right blocks. wings in on you, he well, still you got, you got Patrick Kane. He still right? winds up fourth behind Kane, Stone, and Kucherov. Yeah, and so Stone was Stone was the guy that the um Skinner camp was looking at. Cuz he he just Is that know, a fair comparable? Uh I think Stone's a better all-around player for too. sure. I think he's a better player. Agreed. Period. But he got traded and was a free agent to be and it's the most recent contract signed. So you go off the most re – it's like selling a house, Paul. Yeah. What are the most recent comp uh, comparables, yeah, right, I uh, in the market? So that's what this was. And the fact that – listen, Buffalo, you either give us nine a year or we're going to the free agent market. And if he go, they knew if he went to the free agent market, the chances of him coming back – Would were, he have gotten nine no, on the free agent market? No, absolutely not. No, no way. No. 
What does Stone get again? Eight and a quarter? No, Stone's nine and a half. Nine and a half. I still don't think Skinner would have gotten nine because he's not Stone. So, All right. That, that, that would have been really but interesting. Stone's contract justifies the $9 million I get for it. Buffalo. But, again, I, I think they had to pay Skinner nine to avoid him going from a – uh, going to free agency, and I'm pretty sure his agent. Listen, you think they didn't? Come, it's, you, it's Don Meehan. He knows. Wait, you think there's not whispers out yeah. there? Hey, if he goes here, what what do you give him? You think there's not whispers? Yeah, absolutely. There's whispers. Don Meehan knows, but hey, ultimately, let's give Skinner some credit here, okay? Because I, most players would go to the market to see what's out there, and most players would, you know, I don't want to be a losing team, whatever. Ultimately. Skinner wanted to be here, or he would not have signed. This isn't just about money. To his credit, right? And, and you know, pull, thumbs up for for appreciating what this area is and what being a part of this team is. And and again, as we as we saw with the team, we're going to talk about in a minute ago. You can go from last to first if you do some right, make some right decisions. Yes. So I I, I give Jeff Skinner a lot of credit here for recognizing. Okay, I've got a great setup, man. I'm going to perform well here, and I want to be part of the solution. I'm going to get paid. He's going to get paid, not as much. I don't. I don't think. Uh, but he's going to get paid handsomely wherever he went to play. So I, I give him credit for staying here. Here'll be an interesting thing, right? Buffalo sports fans are passionate, right? Hey, listen, the pressure's on now, buddy. Better you're getting be scoring thirty goals. Yeah, ex- exactly. You go in a little slump like you had. You're going to hear it. Yeah, uh, a yeah. little bit. So all right. Uh, well. More more on a future edition of this podcast, but just quick headlines. What do you think some of the next Sabre steps should be, could be, need to be? I think, I, I boy, they they need goaltending. They deep more than they do defense. Yes. See, I think yes. the improved defense makes Hutton and Allmark better. No, no? I'm sorry, I, I Hutton and Allmark are what they are. Uh, particularly Hutton is what he is. Okay. Uh, to me, he's a he's a backup goaltender who I'm going to play 25 times a year. Start 25 times. All right. All that's right. Interesting. Interesting. That, you said that. That's me. Um, I, he, I he's not a starter in my opinion. Olmark, a little younger. I, I don't maybe, but they need goaltending, to, and a great goaltender certainly helps out your defense. Okay. Um, that be more risky. Do they need other defense? Yes, they do. But at least one more. I almost say two more. Well, and you have some injuries, so they they've right. got to get some in, and maybe it trades away for that to happen. But they but they Paul, they have top line scoring. They need bottom six. They need they need to improve their bottom six, in my opinion. Um, along with there's so many things this team needs to improve. Like come on, they stunk last year. They stunk. All right, they were they they were they had this great run because of goaltending. And shootouts, and then they came back to what they were, and you know they changed the coach again, um, which fine maybe it was the coach, but I mean how many times can we say it's gonna be coach two years, two years, two? So they need a, a bunch of things, but to me with better goaltending, it's able to cover up a lot of things. You don't need the greatest goaltender. You need a goaltender to play great. I mean, look at the Stanley Cup Finals, Bennington, right? Yeah, uh, you know, he was in the minors at the beginning of the year. Correct. <laughs> you know, is he is he one of the great goaltenders in the NHL? Nope. 
but he's playing great playing this great. year. All okay. right, so there's your transition. Um, by the time you listen to this podcast, the St. Louis Blues may or may be Stanley Cup champions or may not with Game 7 coming up. They're um, not going to be. You know, no, I think, they let, I think they had their chance and they, they let it slip away, uh, and I think Boston wins this in Game 7. Ryan O'Reilly's played great, and, and again, I know it, it, it just it bristles every Sabres fan. Um, I, I, I've always told people, just relax about this stuff. I mean, you know, trades happen for lots of reasons, as you've clearly stated. This one happened for a lot of reasons. He's doing what he always does. He's playing really well, um, and he's doing almost everything well to help his team win. But, boy, for Sabre fans to obsess over that, and if he winds up winning the con Smythe if they win – I, I don't know what to tell people other than just why are you you can't live in the past that much. Yeah, I yeah I, I agree. Um, you know he wanted out of here, and, and, and as as for reasons that you yeah. pointed out before, there were there was an addition by subtraction behind this as well too. Yes, and listen, he's not the star player on that team. By and, and that's the key. And and because of that locker room he went into, he he was not the not only not the star player. But he knew he wasn't wasn't the vocal leader. You can go tell Jay Bomister yeah. the hell's going on or uh, Petrangelo. Or, uh, Petrangelo, no, or, right? Absolutely not. Uh, uh-uh. uh. So all he had to do go, was go in there and play and not try to tell everybody he was the leader, right? And that made things which he, was part of the problem here. Well, you know, he just Paul. Anytime someone's got to tell you they're the man, they're not the man. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like you, you 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 know I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. Hey, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. Hey, dude, if you got to keep telling me you're not, everybody would know it. Everybody could see it. And that that to me, that's just what I saw from the outside. Okay, I uh, wasn't around the team, in the locker room. You know, people. But I'm just saying, I didn't need people to tell me things. I could just see it and hear it in post game interviews. Like, you know what, dude, uh, you're not the guy. You're you're a very good player. Nobody's quest nobody's questioning him on the ice. None. No. Zero. None. And then they had Evander Kane in the mix too. And nobody would question him on the ice, right? It, it, it's off the, you know, just off the there, ice. There stuff, needed you know? to be a, a, a passing of the torch to Eichel, and if O'Reilly wasn't willing to pass that torch, then the Sabres really had no choice. You know, remember the first time you uh, played with fire as a kid? <laughs> yeah. You weren't ready, were that's, you? No, that's correct. I'm not sure the torch was ready. Yeah. Was what I, you know, well, but, but you had no choice. But that, that's another discussion, whether sure. it was ready to be passed or not. It, it had to be It passed. had to be. It Correct. had to be passed. So, uh, all right. So that'll be an interesting game seven. But I think Kevin and I are both in agreement that St. Louis let that thing slip away, and and Boston's just just too good and at home and battle tested and all those things that I think I, they're going to win. By the way, I know it's the Bruins. Okay. As a matter of fact, I was emceeing a, a, <laughs> a golf tournament uh, last night, which was on Monday night, and there's a guy there wearing a Bruins cap. I'm like, dude, are you a Jacobs family member? Why are you wearing a Bruins yeah. cap? I mean, come on, we're in Buffalo here. You can admire it, but nobody likes the Bruins. Ugh. But you have to like Zidane Chara. Love it. I mean, right? I mean, this guy, you have to appreciate um, uh, the kind of player he's, kind of player he made himself into be. Paul, this guy came in and he couldn't skate. He could not. The Islanders mo- moved him because he could not skate. He was part of that Yashin deal. Right. And he was it, just a big, hulking sort of, you know, whatever yes, you want to do. He was yeah. just a big, intimidating guy. Oh, who's this guy they threw right. in? The guy worked at his game. He's super smart. Rob Ray told me when he played for Ottawa, Rob got traded there to play for the Sens. It was, you know, one of the Muckler, I think, moved him. 
Was it Muckler or Darcy? Maybe uh, moved him. As- Darcy moved him to Muckler because Muckler That's was right. an autumn yeah. at the time. But it was one of those future considerations. Just like, hey, let's give Razor a chance. They right. wanted him. You know, they get a return a bag of pucks. I don't know. Um, Rob said that once, not me. But he said, he goes, you know what, Zdeno Chara, he, everybody would be on the plane playing cards. He'd be reading books. And he goes, he was just one of, and, and all this financial stuff. He was one of the smartest guys he ever met. Rob's a pretty smart guy, by the way. Um, and he just said, Chara's one of the smartest men I've ever met, ever played with. He was just an impressive guy. So I, I, I'm impressed with Chara. I mean, think about it. He could just kill guys out there, yeah. right? I mean, he doesn't because he, he's got respect. So Interesting. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Game 7, always fun to watch a Game 7 in, in hockey, and that'll be Wednesday night. All right, let's shift a little bit of gears here. Uh, it had everybody buzzing uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, Roger Goodell sort of parachutes into town at the Jim Kelly Golf Tournament and um, kind of does the NFL hatchet man job here by, <laughs> by, by resuscitating the conversation that gets everybody around here worked up and upset about the stadium. Now, here's my take. I think Goodell's role in all this to take some of the pressure off the Pagoulas so they don't have to deal with this question. But to me, my impression was this was a little bit of a more than a subtle nudge to the Pagoulas to get going on this. Now, again, you can agree or disagree. We can debate whether the Bills need, keyword here, need a new stadium or not. But the reality is the NFL wants them to upgrade their stadium. You, they, they do not, you can't be the one in the league that's driving the Model T while everybody is zipping around in the Ferraris. It, it just, they won't let it happen. Uh, and they will continue to put pressure, and they probably already have, on the Pagoules to get this thing moving. And, and we've had sort of fits and starts on this. Uh, it was moving and then Ralph Wilson passed and then the sale of the team. Um, it's been quiet here. You know, we know the lease goes till 2023, and uh, that's not necessarily a time frame for a new stadium, but something's got to happen here. And I thought Goodell came here to subtly or not so subtly tell the Pagulas, let's get moving on this. All right. So here is my, so here's where I raise some questions. Okay. And uh, the NFL is a TV show right now. Right. Okay, so... And the stadium will reflect that too, Kevin. The new stadium. Whatever this new thing is going to be, it will will reflect being more of a TV show. Because it's a TV show, attendance is down around the NFL, right? Okay. Yet in Buffalo, it's not. 90% of capacity, like third in the league. Okay. So what's the... So there's more... Hang on, Paul. there's, There's more ticket revenue money in Buffalo... Than there is in other stadiums, unless they're charging too little for and tickets. That's right. That's my point. Unfortunately, but, the ticket revenue isn't what really counts. Okay. All right. So hold on. The other revenue, so PSLs, right? Personal seat licenses, suite revenue, all those things. If I'm not mistaken, it used to be the teams keep that themselves. They, I believe they still do. They don't share that that's with the correct. rest of the NFL. So is it the NFL asking for a new stadium? What, what was, why does the NFL need a new stadium in Buffalo when here at this, this old stadium that, by the way, taxpayers, we just put a quarter of a billion into, right, for upgrades and such. Um, and, and Goodell stated, well, we need to you know, have fan, uh, fan experience so people go to the games. They're going to the games here in Buffalo, Raj. They're, they're going to the games. So, I, and again, I'm not – understanding the economics of it there's probably something that i don't understand here but to me if it's if you're saying it's to get people to go to games people go to games here in buffalo they do what i think is 
the optics of it don't look great on television, right? No. Uh, the, the tailgating stuff like that. Uh, there are sure there's probably some more sponsor opportunities that the league could have in stadium with new stadiums. Television wise, might be easier, may cost less to produce television. I don't. I again, well, Paul. So I put my hands revenue, up. I don't know it's here. Revenue generation, Kevin, and those everything beyond the 300 level seats are going to generate more revenue. And, but that's and, for and the, the local team. That's not fa- for the. Yeah, but it's revenue generation. I'm not saying it's not. It's the NFL sort of warding everybody in the league, not necessarily worried about what their check is going to be from the Bills. I think the NFL sort again, like I said, you can't have the one house on the brand on the block with all the new houses that hasn't been painted in 30 years and it's about revenue generation for each franchise because ultimately if the bills can't generate are generating 20 percent of the revenue that the cowboys and the rams are then the nfl has got to come in and start accounting for that as well too so and it's a perception it's an image thing too um i think that's all part of it we know that's what being a tv show is it's all perception and image and and Again, you can't have the oldest stadium that doesn't have all the bells and whistles. And but again, what, but what bells and whistles, Paul? I, I guess well, that's right. what I'm saying what if it's about the fan experience in stadium? Right now, right, the well, fans, say this right you. now the fans go to the games without the bells and whistles, Paul. Well, do you want more comfortable seats? Do you want better Wi-Fi? Do you want better food choices? Do you want um, easier in and out? I'm just saying these are things that fans, I think most of them that go to the to New Era Field would say, boy, it'd be nicer if we had better concourses and the food choices were a lot better. Well, it, it costs money. All that stuff costs money. Yeah, but fans are going to that now already so uh, for the nfl for see i i think goodell is speaking that for the owners they're listen they own a business they own the buffalo bills and i don't begrudge them for trying to make money and re, you know listen they didn't buy it as a charitable thing okay <laughs> everybody's like oh thanking them like listen they didn't buy it as a charitable thing right they they bought it to, yes there's part of it like okay fans of the bills but yeah, owning an NFL team is good business, right? It's a it's a license to print money or, or to collect money. The majority of the money they get is from television, right? Uh-huh. And then you have, all right, what opportunities are you going to have to make on your local thing? Now, a new stadium, I think, does afford PSE a chance to earn more money. And if they build a new stadium, yes, there are certain they could charge more for certain things. Maybe you have uh, they have interest in restaurants down town near where the stadium is there's other or, or they'll push it towards making sure you're in the gates before you spend a lot of your money and th- again that's a- another debate is this going to be you know I, I everybody says new stadium well you have to define for me i'm waiting for people to define that does that mean brand new stadium does that mean brand new stadium downtown brand new stadium in orchard park or are they going to do what kansas city did which is essentially build a new stadium around yeah. the existing field these are these are all very very different options uh, and again we talk about downtown downtown's going to affect the tailgating scene do are the bills ready to do that or not um th- there may be some people in that organization who say we'd like to cut tailgating in half because of all the things that go along with it and if you cut if you don't give people the opportunity to tailgate well then they're walking through your gate and spending their money on beer and food with PSE I I just I just I I I, I is trouble with this because you have a fan base here in Buffalo that there are chapters all around this country right. that buy merchandise that come back home for games 
that spend their time and money more so than other franchises have in the National Football League. And to tell the people here, uh, you better get a new stadium or you're going to go. They didn't say, nobody said that. No. All right. So then just what, say, just so say what's the pressure? Said that. So what's the pressure? How about you? But by the way, in Green Bay, do they build a new stadium? No, they did a major renovation Correct. around it. So do a and major. Maybe that's the way to go here. I think it's absolutely the way to go here. I think it's absolutely the way to go here. I why, think why there's do you, so many things that are good about the stadium in Orchard Park that that the the, the, the ability to get in, the ability to get out. The, you know, I, I just I think that's the way, personally that's the way to go. However, you're going to do it. Are you going to build a brand new one right next door? Are you going to keep the field and build around it? Whatever you're going to do, to me, Orchard Park makes a lot more sense than downtown. And it's going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, don't get me. The people want to put it downtown. I mean, what do we think? Carl Paladino wanted sure. to buy the Perry Projects for a buck for uh, right. <laughs> a reason? Come yeah. on. <laughs> I mean. Park. He has a park idea for a little park land downtown. Yeah, with a stadium there. Come yeah, on. Well, that too. Um, anyway, uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening downtown. I, I understand why people would want it downtown. And listen, it'll be a massive change. But also, listen, we we were on this, what, a year and a half ago yeah. with Mark Polencars? Yeah, yeah. A billion dollars. Easily. A billion dollars. Probably another couple hundred million for it downtown versus any of the other Absolutely. Options. And, you know, how much does it have to be privately funded? Right. And, and Well, if, that too. And then PSLs are going to be a part of it. You know, it, you may not pay a PSL if you're going to sit in the upper deck, but you're going to darn well pay one if you're going to be in the lower deck, and that's not going to go over well either. You know, well, again, Think about this. And, Paul, think about this. Look at the, the Pagulas, uh, Pagula Sports and Entertainment. They so they have this issue and they're doing a study on this. But I, they I also took that study. I took the yeah, questionnaire. It was very pointed. The questions were very pointed about: Are you willing to pay essentially for a PSL? No, if you're I, everybody here, checked no. You're correct. There, you're gonna, yeah. Well, I'm sure everybody did. Right. Sure they did. But they're not asking that if it's not a big part of what they're trying to figure out. Listen, I'll just say this: When when so like how much money are they willing to put into a stadium? I'm sure some. But they also have an arena to uh, they have to worry about Paul, that's which is very true. It's which worse might be worse. That's correct. And they go in and fans go there more often. The three hundred level concourse is awful. I'm just it's so tight up there. Um, I don't know what the, we we may need a new arena uh, uh, more so than a new football stadium. Wow. Could you just imagine that, that in the next 10 years, you're talking about brand new ones for right. both? And and what I was told, and listen, I worked in the arena. Uh, I helped run some events in the arena with basketball. And there's certain things that uh, we were asked to do at time by the NCAA. There are certain things about that arena that are great. It's got great bones, they say, okay? But, I mean, the seating, you've gone to hockey games. Yeah. How tight is the seat? It's you know why tight. all the cup holders are broke? There's a lot people of, keep banging into them. No, keep, break them on purpose. Because of the knee. I know no season room. ticket holders yeah. who have broke them on purpose so they could have more room. Yeah. All right? Um, we're bigger than we were in 1997, <laughs> just as a people. True. Right? So, <laughs> you know, they've renovated some suites. They've renovated some areas. But I think, and, and, and frankly, all the renovation needs to be done. I don't know if you can get it done in an off season and lose concert business. Yeah, right. It's not just true. about it's not just about the Sabers. It's about concert business. It's about NCAA tournaments. It's about other events there. Frankly, I think the city county would be better served building a new arena, brand new. You think? Absolutely, because because to renovate it, where are you going to play hockey? 
Yeah. I mean, remember point. how long it took to build the Crossroads Arena? Maybe that. Maybe that's what Carl Palladino was thinking. Perhaps. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just you know, and and it probably cost. I don't know. Maybe it's a half million now, half billion to build a new. Arena. I don't know what it is to build a new arena. Three hundred million. Probably more. Probably a little more. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But we get more. I think. If I think more people would be on board with that than they would a new football stadium because of how many times it get used, how many times it go down for events. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just don't know how long it would take to redo the entire bowl. You couldn't do it all in one year. Maybe they do what Madison Square Garden did. Madison Square Garden underwent a major renovation. They did it in waves over a three-year period. Right. And I, that's probably what the arena needs to happen with the arena. And I just know this. Under Galisano's ownership, every improvement done in the arena was paid for by Tom Galisano and the Sabres. It was not paid for by the county. Where the county gives the bills like part of the lease. Yeah, isn't the arena city owned or, or city? Yes, actually, the arena, um, unless the the agreement's different. I say we, but I'm going to say we. We used to pay the city. I think it was half a million in rent uh-huh. for the year. Half a million um, might have been less, but any improvement was at the cost of right. the franchise. Okay, interesting. Going to have a lot more discussions and topics to just talk about with stadiums and arenas in the future. Last little thing before we wrap up. thought this was kind of interesting, kind of fell under the radar a little bit. Um, but I, I thought, you know, as we become much bigger college basketball fans here in Western New York, they moved the three-point line back, Kevin, to the international distance of 22 feet, one and three-quarters inches from where it was at 20 feet, nine inches. So it's a little over a foot back, uh, and that'll be for men's college basketball in the upcoming season. Uh, at this point, no decision on the women's side of things. Um, it, it, is it going to change the game at all? Um, you know, I think the purposing is to make the three-pointer harder. It's become a little too easy and to try to create some more of the basketball game in the lane, which it's it's, it's been diminishing over year over years over years. Yeah, I, I just you know I, I think um, you know with how easy it looks in the NBA for these guys to shoot threes, right? And uh, strength training, it, it, it's it's just natural. It should be moved back. I mean, the three pointer is too easy of a shot. It's too easy of a shot in high school, so um, it makes sense for it to be moved back. Uh, they should move it back. Uh, all the way around, um, I understand. You know, right, two and three maybe. Uh, Visions two and three are a right. year off. You yes. want you want to hear something hilarious? So my alma mater, Fredoni, just renovated their their old gym to go from the big Steel Hall Arena back to Dodds Hall. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they come now out they gotta, with this. Right now they got to change it again. Uh, UB's new basketball coach Jim Weitzel, whose team was in the top ten last year at shooting over thirty threes per game, said he doesn't think it's going to change anything for his team. Not going to sure. change their approach. Uh, he said guys are already practicing the longer distance. They shoot the longer distance anyway. So he didn't seem concerned that it was going to have any effect on on what was a pretty big part of their offense last year. Yeah, nor, nor should it. Um, you know, the th- it's not going to affect, I think, team shooting the three. It just affects where they shoot it from. Gotcha. That's it. They're, That's they're it. still going to fire away. Yep. You know, per- you, you may see percentage go down this year. I'm sure it right? will. Um, you know, my hope is it, it brings in the uh, mid-range like Kawhi Leonard's so darn good at. Yeah. Right? It's kind of a lost art of the game of basketball, isn't it? Right. It's just a uh, three-pointer. It's either but, a right? three or a layup, right? right? That seems to be what basketball is. Playing James Harden basketball. By the way, I hate the step-back three. I think it's a travel, but I, I think it's I, I think I just hate it. I hate it. That they stop the dribble, step-back three. To me, it's a travel. 
Why is it not a travel? I don't know. That's a good point. Sounds, right? Sounds like you're you're a little aggravated about it. Unlike this. Clay Thompson, was it game three? He took seven steps for a dunk. <laughs> yeah. Seven. It was seven steps look, without a dribble. Look cool, though, didn't it? Yeah, but it was seven steps. I gotcha. All right, so uh, we touched on a bunch of topics there. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get back on a more regular basis here, so we're not um, going back a few weeks on things. But the Skinner thing is going to have people talking for a little while here, love it or hate it, um, and then we'll see what happens with free agency in the draft heading our way for the Sabers. Uh, Bills are in an OTA, or I'm not not OTAs, but mini camp this week. Maybe there'll be some things that we can discuss on next week's edition of the Sylvester Pack on Sports Podcast.